Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment here while we bring on our Facebook community. Give us just a moment here and we will be... Good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, and my fellow football priest, Zach Kelberman. Zach, I thought it was interesting. Uh, All credit for what it's worth to Broncos Reddit. I dug this up over there, and uh, it was an AP interview that Dalton Reisner did, Associated Press, over the last week. And he went to bat for Drew Locke like it was about as emphatic an endorsement for Drew to remain and 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 stay the guy in Denver as I've seen from any current Broncos player with one little, one little kind of here's what he can do better. But what was your reaction? I can pull it up so everyone can see what he had to say, but your reaction to Dalton Reisner going to bat. Well, one thing I wanted to add yesterday, we talked about Kareem Jackson speaking out, Jerry Judy speaking out for their interest in acquiring Deshaun Watson. How is that affecting Drew Locke? I don't think it's affecting him at all. I think even he is aware enough to realize he wasn't good enough last year. He didn't take the mantle as the franchise quarterback. But in another sense, it's really nice that he has a current teammate giving him positive praise in Dalton Reisner and uh, giving him some love as the embodied QB1 of the Broncos. That's what he is ending the season. That's what he's going to be more than likely starting the season. And Dalton Reisner is in charge of protecting him. Dalton Reisner is one of the guys who can attest to Drew Locke more than others, more than Kareem Jackson, arguably more than Jerry Judy. He has more one-on-one time, and he's privy to more uh, with Drew Locke than any other player. I like what he said here. It was honest. It wasn't too much over the top. It wasn't too fake. It wasn't too disingenuous. He was being honest, open, supportive but uh, also refreshingly, I don't know, I would say um, realistic, not optimistic yeah. when it comes to Locke. Just just frank, right? Just right. kind of being earnest because he, you could almost sense that he's open to the idea. He recognizes, I shouldn't say not open, he recognizes that this is a situation that could change like that, right? Like the news could break that the Broncos moved mountains and acquired Deshaun Watson, and this whole t- tune could change. And let me, let me clue everybody in, by the way, Welcome in, everybody. It's good to see each and every one of you. Looks like we got most of the gang all here. 
Um, here's what he said real quick. Uh, quote, this is Dalton Reisner to the Associated Press Pro Football Podcast. Quote, one thing that I'm a big believer in as an offensive lineman is whoever my quarterback is, I've got their back until I can't have their back anymore. Drew's my quarterback right now, and I've got full faith in him. I've got a lot of faith in that guy. He's a great dude, and he has a great work ethic. I think his leadership is an area that he can really go into this year and be better at. That's something that I'm really hoping to be better at, speaking of himself. We were second-year guys. I think we were leaders on the team last year, but by no means were we leaders where we need to be at in terms of me and Drew. And I think this is – uh, this year for Drew, it's an even bigger jump because he's QB1, and whatever QB1 says, it goes. So I'm really excited to see him really step into that role, take charge of this football team, take charge of the offense especially, and I think he has the capabilities to do that, man. Close quote. You know what I like about this is compared to something like Jerry Judy where he's campaigning for Deshaun Watson, but someone like Judy or even uh, Kareem Jackson, they took no responsibility for their contributions to the Broncos' poor record last year. Dalton Reisner saying, I wasn't good enough either, and we've remarked on it multiple times, in fact, several times over the course of the season, the regression that Dalton Reisner took in his second season. And he was saying we weren't good enough, but we had the capabilities to be where we belong. And I love this quote a lot. It's, again, people are going to paint this in black or white tones. It doesn't mean Locke is the franchise quarterback. It doesn't mean he's here to stay or he's locked into his job. It means that someone on the offense, a fellow young player who gets it, who's there in the trenches with him, understands last year wasn't good enough, but they both have the potential to be where they should be this season. Extreme ownership. It is so crucial to being a leader, being a uh... I don't know. I guess uh, just being a stand-up person. I was going to say a stand-up dude, but it's for men, women, extreme ownership. Holler if you know the name um, Jocko Willink, right? Because that's where I learned that phrase, extreme ownership. And that is, look, when you do, when you maybe didn't live up to your expectation or someone else's or your unit or your team or your whatever, your company, uh, and you came up short somehow, Don't shuck it off and point the finger because you think you're protecting yourself. You think when you point the finger and and try and shuck the blame elsewhere that it's actually preserving you from some sort of, um, you know, some sort of ramification or consequence. But in reality, what happens is when you when you point the, the finger instead of just standing up, taking ownership and accepting it, you actually lose respect in the eyes of those people in which you think you're trying to preserve by blaming. It's actually counterintuitive. Extreme ownership, Jocko Willink, search it on YouTube. But that's something that Dalton Reisner, I mean, seriously, he, he, he's embodied that from the, from the drop because he is a natural leader. And, Zach, I like that he, had, he recognized that, you know, you could, you could see that this was a, a couple of guys that came in together, right, separated by one pick. They were back-to-back, 41 and 42. They roomed together in rookie camp. They roomed together in training camp. Right. Spent a lot of time together. But as rookies, you know, not really there yet to be assertive when you got Joe Flacco's of the world and you got veterans on the offensive line. And even in year two, you know, they're, I would have expected them to probably take on more of a, a leadership role, just like command it. But I can still understand how they might feel like they're not quite here, uh, there yet to be able to just. But for Drew, man, when you're the quarterback, doesn't matter what, if you're a rookie, if you're starting, you got to be the man. One thing that is is kind of an indictment on the coaching staff it's refreshing and great that Dalton Reisner has ownership and accountability, but 
That's a very foreign concept in Dove Valley because how often, Chad, does Vic Fangio stand up on the podium and say, I did wrong, it was me, Pat Shermer did wrong, it was him, and even Pat Shermer, all the times he blamed Locke this season instead of turning the finger on himself. So I like the fact that Dalton Reisner is man enough and mature enough and wise enough to have that accountability, even though that hasn't been fostered within the locker room. I think that speaks a lot about him personally as a man. Guys, we got so much more to uh, get to tonight. We want to hear what your thoughts are on on Reisner, what he had to say about Drew and where that kind of leaves Drew in this whole uh, offseason tapestry here. We're going to sing happy birthday, all right, to – Steve Baumgartner, right? He's uh, I won't I won't reveal anything he doesn't want revealed, but today's his birthday at the very least, all right? The very special age too. It is a special age, all right, that uh, most people really look forward to. And we're going to get to all of that here in just a moment, but first, we do have to say thank you and welcome to the presenting sponsor of tonight's podcast, the live stream, Manscaped. All right, guys, it's 2020. By now it should be well in your rearview mirror. We're now you know, good, good five and a half plus weeks into 2021. You got to put 2020 in quarantine and all that. I'm not saying don't be safe. Don't be smart out there, right? We're still in a pandemic, but put that behind you. Embrace the new year, new me mindset with Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below the, the waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels, helping over 2 million men around the world, including all of us here at MHH, keep their male grooming on point. So if you let yourself go a little bit, just a little bit, In 2020, while in quarantine, Manscaped is here for you to reboot, stay clean, and shave in 2021. We all have let ourselves go. I mean, we can all raise our hand and admit that it's it's not taboo anymore. It's not something we have to, guys, you know, I want to groom myself. I'm a male and I want to, you know, look better. I want to feel better. I remember last season, sometime during last season, I was watching a video of myself, one of the podcasts or a video that I've done, and I had a little nose hair peeking out, and I was a little embarrassed by it. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's not a good look for me when I'm on camera so often. This is my career, and I want to look good and feel good. It doesn't have to apply to that scenario, though. Anyone, no matter the occupation, you come face-to-face, either virtually or with other people, and you want to be your best person be your best male and this product allows you to do that chad will attest to it another product in a few seconds but i always use the uh weed whacker for nose hair ear hair anything for your face you have below the belt you have your back you have your sides you have your arms you have your legs manscaped does it all this performance package is the real deal it's legit worth every penny i love it chad you got to come out of quarantine well groomed below the belt with the lawnmower 3.0. This is waterproof. It's skin safe, the trimmer, and it'll reduce the nicks to your two best buddies. Plus, this third generation trimmer, it even has the light to illuminate that undercarriage that can kind of be hard to spot, right, for most guys. But let me tell you something. I think most dudes, I mean, even guys who are experienced uh, or veterans when it comes to manscaping, all right, they know how to, they'll shave, they'll take care of that, they'll keep it tight. But there's some things out there in terms of, we'll just call it male hygiene, that can really help you take your your game to a whole other level that, I'll be honest, I was ignorant of it until I came across Manscaped. One of those, for example, is this product. I showed it on on screen yesterday, but it's the, they just call it the crop preserver, all right? I'm not going to be too coarse here, but anti-chafing, all right? Let me just put it that way. So, it really helps if you're on the move a lot, if, you're, if your job is you're on your feet a lot and you're walking around a lot. This trust on me on this is a lifesaver, all right? So embrace the, the new year, new me mindset with Manscaped. 
Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. Your family jewels will thank you. Yes, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code HUDDLE. Happy New Year to you and your family jewels. All right, a couple other quick things really fast here. Whoops, what did I do? I did the wrong thing there. Hold on. There we go. Um, and then we'll we'll bring Steven on and then dive right back into the chat here. Uh, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, the main account, at MileHighHuddle. Also, head on over to HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. All right, grab yourself a hat, a T-shirt, a mug, a hoodie, face mask, little something for everybody, and it goes a long way towards supporting what we're doing here at MHH on the daily also, gang, here's your call to action to head over to Mile High Huddle's Facebook page, which is just enormous, continuing to grow exponentially day in and day out. We're on our way to 100,000 followers, 100,000 on Facebook. But if you want to become a supporter and get access to the premium content that we're delivering weekly right now, including Kelberman's Corner right now, uh, what are we on, Zach? Going into episode five, right, of Kelberman's Corner? Yes. And so – it's killer content. I mean, the feedback we've gotten on that show, and especially Sunday's episode, has been extremely good from our supporters. So it's five bucks a month if you want that, that premium content. Different flavor than these these more long-form live streams we do daily from six to seven. A little different flavor, but just as compelling, and I promise you, you'll you'll enjoy that. Plus, we're rolling out other shows here with the draft, <clears throat> excuse me, and free agency coming that you're not going to want to miss. So Facebook.com, click the big blue button, or as you're watching now, scroll to the bottom where you would input your comment in the chat. You'll see a green icon, click that, and it'll also walk you through the sign up. And if you're not in a position to, to do those things, it's all good. Just by being here with us or listening after the fact on demand, you are supporting this podcast and MHH in a big, bad way, and we are grateful for that. We do ask you to do these three things, though. Everyone within the sound of our voice can do these three things. Subscribe, crucial. Like this video on YouTube, Facebook. Guys, you have no idea how much the simple click like that helps us. And then number three is the litmus test. If we're doing a good job, share it out there, this video, this episode. Retweet it when you see us tweeting the links. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. All right, Zach, let's bring on one of the superstars in our community. Been with us a long time. His second appearance on the Huddle Up podcast. You know him, you love him. He's Steve Baumgartner. And, Stephen, it's your birthday, dude. Happy birthday. How are you feeling today, my friend? 
pretty good. It was a busy day at work, so um, got to enjoy some cake after this. So, why don't you tell our audience you enjoying, huh? Yeah, Stephen, tell our audience how old you're turning. Very special birthday. Very special number. I'm turning 21 today. So. Ooh, let's get a happy birthday in the comments, guys. Very, very cool. Unfortunately, it has to be during a pandemic, but you're going to have a nice little celebration after, and we're going to make it uh, very nice for you tonight, Stephen. Thank you. I asked, uh, I asked Stephen right before we went live, I said, has anyone, ever, has anyone sung happy birthday to you today? And he said, no. So listen, here you go. You ready? Here we go. <clears throat> happy birthday Day to, to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Happy birthday dear Stephen. Stephen. Uh, Happy birthday to you. <laughs> to you. Mm. Okay. Thank Don't, you. Now you know how much the Huddle Up podcast loves <laughs> Vote Moose 80. We got to work on yeah. our timing a little bit, Chad. <laughs> we were like the weekend last night. <laughs> we, did not, we, did, <laughs> we, we did not rehearse this, okay? This is off the cuff, all right? This is organic. Uh, we are not, uh, we're, yeah, we're definitely not the crooners that uh, you should be turning <laughs> to your musical. But listen, while we've got you here, I know we, I know you can't stay long. You got your birthday. We got other things we got to jump to tonight. Lots in the chat. But tell us how you're feeling right now with the NFL season officially in the books. I mean, Denver for the Broncos, it's been over for five weeks, five plus weeks. But the NFL season is in the books. There's, We know the Broncos tried to at least kick the, did more than just kick the tires on Matthew Stafford. They've been tied to Deshaun Watson, and every quarterback under the sun right now is being connected to the Broncos. What do you want to see your team do, whether it's pursue this guy, pursue this strategy in the draft, or is it roll with Drew Locke? What's your ultimate um, you know, your ultimate objective for this team? Well, I'd stick with Drew Locke and build on the defense. Drew's got enough weapons on there with a second year in a same offense. He can, with the defense being better next year, he, he can go a long way. Hey. So I think so we can go like 10 on maybe 10, 11 wins next season. So what would you do then in the first round? I, I get something. Caleb, get Caleb, Caleb Farley. It's my, it would be my pick. Okay. Me too. The corner cornerback from Virginia tech. Well, Hey, we are so uh, grateful for everything you do for this podcast and for MHH and for your support and just, you know, wow, what you mean to everybody in this community. Appreciate your support there, Levi. Levi. Thank you. Uh, for Stephen's birthday. So, listen, man, thank you for everything. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll be having you back on the show in the in the near future. But you go enjoy your birthday, the big 2-1. I mean, this doesn't happen. I mean, this is once in a lifetime, right? Tonight is once in a lifetime. So we're, we were happy to be able to kind of help you help you celebrate that a little bit and bring you on the show and sing you a very poorly, poor rendition of, of the happy birthday song. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you uh, Steven, I'm going to be the first one to tell you this. Go enjoy a nice adult beverage. Have okay. one for me as well. All right. Pace yourself. If it's the first time, my dog, pace yourself just a little bit. All right. Don't get out over your skis. All right. All right, buddy. Thanks, Steven. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you in the chat. We'll see you in the stream. Have a good night. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. All right. There he goes. Steve Baumgartner. Just a very outgoing uh, member of this community and supporter. He's helped us in the chat as a mod at different times. And he's just a quality dude and a very passionate Broncos fan and a very passionate member of this community. Yeah. So if we could help help him celebrate the big two one, heck, we want to do it. 
And, and so the Broncos country, look at the comments. Look at the love that Steven got. I love seeing that. And Levi is so generous. Thank you for your donation, Levi. But we were so happy to have Steven on. And he's been integral as a mod for the chat chat, always setting us up on Twitter. I mean, that guy is an expert Twitter, Twitter follower for Broncos News. If you want to know something about going on in Denver, he is your man. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let me grab a couple things here, John. Um, we've we've got a few superstars who have been patiently waiting. Let me see here. Uh, Fat Cats, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. And uh, another call to action on Twitter. I, I type your name out every night when you're in the chat, but I can't tag you because I can't find a Fat Cats Twitter account. So if you're on Twitter, reach out, connect with us. He says, um, Tampa Bay. Should be selling us to keep number three. To, wait, TB. T- Tam- Tampa Bay? Is that what he's? TB should be selling us to keep number three, to keep lock and draft defense this year. You can get by oh, with it. okay quarterback play, assuming the coaching is good enough. Hashtag replace Shermer. I think what he's saying is the Tampa Bay blueprint is to have, you, you can have a good quarterback, but you have to have, elite defense to shut down the Mahomes of the world, the elite offenses of the world. And that's why I'm right there with you. All these Deshaun Watts and truthers and stands, they want to give away the entire farm, but how do you build the team that can compete with Kansas city? He's not going to do it alone. I mean, even alone, Mahomes did not take down the bucks. You have to have a defense and that starts in the draft this year, address cornerbacker inside linebacker, but you have to build from within. I agree with that comment. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's so many holes to be filled, and this was something I said on Twitter today. In fact, let me just let me just bring this 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 tweet back to to the forefront of my my brain here. But this was from one of our great listeners, Isaiah Henderson, who said, uh, "Screw the trade, screw the Watson trade, screw drafting a quarterback. George Payton can put his stamp on the Broncos by doing one thing right: sign Levante David. He is an animal in pass coverage." And my response to him was basically to say, look, if you tweak the quarterback position, Zach, by adding a dependable veteran, a fail safe like an Andy Dalton so that you have a floor that you can live with if things go sideways with Drew, you go hard at a guy like Levante in uh, in the free agency, you re-sign Simmons, you re-sign Shelby, you cut Drew Casey, you cut A.J. Bouye and free up that money, and then try to best you can to hold on to Vaughn and then go all in on cornerback in the draft like the Broncos did at wide receiver last year, the way they were doubling up. And in fact, last year they tripled up on wide receivers in the draft. Uh, You give Locke that team, you know, and you hope you get a little bit lucky with the injury bug. And one more swing at the plate for Locke. I think, as even Steven said there, I think expecting a nine to somewhere between nine and 11 wins with that version of a team, I don't think it would be outside the bounds of the plausible. Mm-hmm. Look at the Brad Johnsons of the world and the Trent Dilfers of the world. I understand the NFL has changed a lot since then, but defense still wins titles, as you saw last night. And if you can, let's say the same defense returns last year, but you get Von Miller back, plus you sign a linebacker like Devante, Levante David, and if you draft a Caleb Farley, that defense is complete. That would be an elite defense on all three levels, but they're missing that shutdown corner if you get rid of A.J. Boyer. They're missing that inside linebacker who they've missed since, you know, Trevathan walked off to Chicago. They need that guy. The more dynamic, the, the, the better. But Levante David, he's older, and right now, Chad, after helping them win a title, is he going to get out of Tampa Bay? Are they not going to just say, listen, we'll keep you here, retire with us, stay with Brady, let's win more titles? Why would he want to defect to Denver, a team that hasn't won in a half decade? Anything. 
This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Last night, as we had actually concluded the show, so we didn't miss Naj, he sent in this super chat in the, in the stream, like within a minute or two of us signing off. But you know how we do. We don't like to leave any of our superstars out in the cold. So we're grabbing this. Credit to John for, for making sure we didn't forget Naj Altaf, love you, buddy. Appreciate you. This was his super chat from last night talking about the Super Bowl. But he said, hey, hey, brothers, not the greatest game, but can't help but be elated to see the Chiefs beaten down. Looking forward to the Broncos bringing the thunder on the AFC West next year. Keep up the great work, my bros. Naj, we echo that and we appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, it was a a popular eye-opening sentiment in Broncos country last night. You know, the Chiefs going down and Brady winning another title. Um, I'm a little surprised that uh, the majority of Broncos fans would rather root for Tom Brady than Mahomes. I understand it, but Naj, I'm happy. I hope you had a good night last night. Thank you for your your compliments. And we look forward, like we talked about last night, turning the page to 2021 and having a much better season and year overall. We've been telling you for the last two weeks since we started the Huddle Up podcast Facebook page officially that we were going to be doing a giveaway randomly to three followers, three fans of the page that follow both follow and like. All right. And tonight we're announcing the winners. And that starts with I'm going to drip feed it throughout this show. Number one, Rodney Bass wins a football priest T-shirt for just following, liking the page. So, Rodney. We appreciate you, my friend. When you hear this, if you're or if you're with us live right now, make sure you, in order to get your shirt, all you got to do is send an email to us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, and give us your 
t-shirt size and your physical address, and we'll get that shipped out to you. But thank you for heeding our call to action, following the page, supporting what we're doing here at the Huddle Up podcast. And you know, we're trying to grow our different social media branches here at the show. We've been We've done really well on Twitter. We've done really well on, on YouTube. And, of course, we have our main Facebook page for Mile High Huddle, but we wanted to branch off and create a Huddle Up podcast page on Facebook. So thanks to everyone that has really just jumped in on with both feet on that and helped us grow it pretty quickly in a very short amount of time, and including you, Rodney. So thank you, and make sure you email us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. We'll get you out your T-shirt. And when you do get it, uh, shoot us a picture. We'll give you some shine on the Instagram page as we like yep. to do. So thank you, Rodney, for your support, and uh, we hope you like the shirt. Appreciate you, my friend. All right, John, let's see. Uh, we got two more to give away, a mug and a hat. We'll get to that here in just a bit. Antonio Aragon in the house. Good to see you, bro. He says, guys, I'm torn on Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker, or Caleb Farley, the Virginia Tech corner. If they're both available at pick nine, which one do you take? Hashtag Broncos country. Appreciate you, Antonio. Um, you know, that's my view on that answer has evolved somewhat, Zach, as we've kind of marched farther into the offseason. I've started to kind of do my research on the draft class and, and these players. Right now, for me, that would be Farley. Okay, now my, my, my opinion on that could change between now and draft day, but I don't think so. And it's not because I don't think Parsons is legit. I do think he's legit. I think he's going to be a very, very good linebacker in the league, Zach. I just think, you know, especially if you hit it out of the park and land a Levante David in free agency, you know, it makes it quite a quite a, a much less lesser need. You know, that's bad syntax, but nevertheless, a lesser need. And you got to also remember that, you know, you're getting Justin Sternod back. There was a, there was a lot of hope with the, the coaching staff last year that he was going to be able to be their nickel linebacker and, and cover some dudes. So I'm, I'm holding on to that, and I'm taking Caleb Farley just because there are so many holes at corner. Like you could literally draft three, four corners in this in this class. They're not going to draft that many, but you could, and you could use every one of them. You know, I'm for, I might be kind of controversial as usual, but I'm not really – getting too hung up on uh, Micah Parsons pre-draft red flags. If more comes to light, if new information surfaces and it is damaging, then I will admit it, but he's too good of a talent to take off your draft board number nine overall. And the Broncos have to really consider if they have that option. He might not even be there, but is he a better prospect than Caleb Farley? Is he a better inside linebacker than Caleb Farley as a cornerback? Farley is the best cornerback in this draft class. He has none of the red flags that Micah Parsons does. He's probably safer. But if you don't sign Levante David, you're faced with the prospect of once again starting a season with the likes of Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson as your inside linebackers. You don't bring Von Miller back, let's say, it's even worse. You you have to address that spot one way or the other. There's a, a more glut of corners in the free agent class than there are inside linebackers. So if they want to go that route for a veteran, then it'd be Micah Parsons at number nine. But you really can't go wrong. I would right now, I think it's like 60-40, I'm Caleb Farley. But if Micah Parsons is the pick at number nine, I'm not shedding any tears. I'm well in tune, and I'm very much ready for the Broncos to have that dynamic guy in the middle. Well said. Rello Takeover jumping in on Super Chat. And, Zach, Rello has come on strong since the offseason started, like towards the tail end of the year. And then since we've been in the offseason, man, he has just been going crazy, becoming a superstar, legit superstar. And so, Rello, appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. It means a lot to us. It really does. 
uh, you know, the, the contributions we get from our community pay for the party. So thank you so much, my friend. It means a lot. He says, thoughts? Broncos claim Natrez Patrick off waivers from the Rams. Zach, on this particular um, transaction, what do you know about Patrick? I wrote this story about him. It was a month ago, I think, uh, tomorrow. It couldn't become official till after the Super Bowl when the new league year kind of resets. So the move is official today. He's a former Rams and former Georgia linebacker. He really hasn't done much in the NFL. Uh, coming out of college, he was uh, had a couple marijuana-related offenses, couple red flags there. Um, he had a bigger draft stock. He was a, a tackler, not a real coverage guy. Two-down thumper, the Broncos seem to like him or like those types. He was compared to Anthony Hitchens, the former Cowboys and Chiefs linebacker. Overall, Chad, not a bad you know reclamation project this age of the offseason. If he works out, great, but he's not going to preclude Denver from upgrading that spot at all. So here's what Zach wrote a couple weeks back. Patrick entered the professional ranks as a 2019 undrafted free agent signed by the Los Angeles Rams. He cracked the club's final roster and appeared in 12 regular season games, notching two tackles, returned to the Rams in 2020, yo-yoing between the 53-man squad and the practice squad, registering three tackles across 13 appearances before being waived on Thursday. So he's six foot three, 242 pounds, former uh, Georgia Bulldog. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those what-the-heck kind of hope for the best, throw the dart and see if it sticks. I'm not going to lie to any of you and tell you I'm the, the world's authority on this kid, but uh, – if the Broncos liked him and Peyton liked him and Fangio must have signed off on him, I'm sure it was a Fangio thing, then, you know, there might be something there. It's kind of ironic, though, that Fangio is kind of picking up a leftover from Brandon Staley, the former Rams defensive coordinator who worked under Vic Fangio in Denver. And as we know now, Brandon Staley is the head coach of the Chargers. So there might be something there with Staley. I think the Broncos, this is a way of an aside, but he had more potential than I think Fangio uh, recognized. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, he was still so green. He was still so green. Who can who could have said who could have predicted, for example, yeah. that Sean McVay at 30 years old becoming a first-time head coach 2 years later was going to have his team in the Super Bowl like yeah. 31 even the Rams couldn't have predicted that. And they paid, you know, they hired him, paid him that money. The same can be said here with Staley is, yeah, he was in he was, you know, in Fangio's backyard, he was on Fangio's staff and Fangio obviously recognized his potential in terms of what he could do for for Fangio and for the Broncos and the Bears previously too, but I don't think he quite realized that his trajectory would be, you know, so so swift into the stratosphere. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. 
Paid for by America First Legal. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. A quick question here from uh, Todd on YouTube. Brings really good, insightful questions. He says, Leonard Williams, the former USC defensive tackle, former top five pick, is an undrafted, unrestricted free agent. Shall we kick the tires on him? He cost about 16, he cost about 16 million this year and had 12 sacks. Best of all, he's only 27. So let's just before we answer that, Zach, let's set the table with Jarrell Casey is still on the on the payroll. You got to deal with figure out what you're gonna do with Shelby. Mike Purcell's bouncing back after just getting paid off a season-ending injury. And then you got Draymond coming up ready to probably take a pretty big quantum leap in, in year three. So is Leonard a guy that you want to peel off 16 million and go pay for that 12 sacks on the interior? I don't think it's going to happen because I think the Giants will be the ones to cut that check. He's had kind of a career resurgence in New York after failing or bombing out with the Jets. He's looked good for them, but you have Von Miller. You're worried about his contract. You have to pay Simmons. You have to pay uh, Shelby Harris. I'm paying Shelby before I'm paying Leonard Williams. I trust Shelby Harris more. He's more clutch to me. He fits the system better. Obviously, he knows the scheme. I'm not shelling out 16 million bucks for a position that's not a necessity right now, especially when you have the guys on your current roster that you're still working through. So that's a no for me. He says, sure, he will, Liam, talking about cost, I guess, but would you rather pay him 17 million or Vaughn Miller 17 million? Honestly, I'd rather pay Vaughn that money. I know what you're saying because of the youth factor. Um, But uh, at this stage, that's, that's definitely, that'd be my, my approach. Duke in the house. Talk about a superstar. Talk about an MHH Mount Rushmore cap. Love you. Appreciate you, Duke. He says, absolutely no on getting Deshaun Watson. Just hell no. Shore up our secondary. Pick up uh, Levante David from the Bucks, And then we can start talking playoffs again. Hashtag no Watson. Look, in a perfect world, if you could just snap your fingers and, and Deshaun Watson is a is a Denver Bronco. Are you hearing that echo suddenly? That was weird. Um, you know, you do that if you can, but that's not how it works. You're going to have to pay through the freaking nose. Somewhere approaching the value of four first-round picks. Somewhere approaching that. Like, it's just the cost is so prohibitive. And they say, well, you know, there are even guys on, on staff here at MHH are like, look, that's just a price you pay. You pony up, you do it, because that's how crucial – Deshaun Watson would be to the ultimate destiny of this team. But I just haven't seen him be that game changer for the Texans in terms of the destiny. Like he's, he's a pro bowl guy led the Zach to quote you led the league in passing last year. Didn't make the playoffs five and 11 or whatever they were. Uh, It's just, we're going to answer this question probably like four or five times before the end of the night, but I keep saying the same thing. It's not that I, I don't want Deshaun Watson. Who doesn't want Deshaun Watson? We all recognize, indisputably, he's a top five quarterback first entering his prime. He is an elite quarterback, a franchise quarterback. 
It's not that I don't want him. It's that I don't think George Payton will pull this off. I'm just trying to be realistic and not feed into the sheep herd mentality of all of Broncos Twitter, all of Broncos country. Get Like you said, give up everything for Deshaun Watson. Give up the entire franchise. Their water boys give up Joe Ellis, John Elway. Give up everything. It doesn't work that way. And George Payton... I hate to break it to you guys once again, more than likely, 90% chance is not going to do it. It's going to take a transcendent trade for for even him to even leave Houston. You know, Chad, there's no guarantee he's going to be traded right now. It's not a certainty, but it's going to take an unprecedented trade. This has never been seen before. You guys cannot name one example of a quarterback fitting Watson's profile that's ever been traded in the prime of his career. It's never happened before, and there's a chance it won't happen at all. Levi, I appreciate you, my friend. He says, I have to disagree with Duke about Watson. And then he goes on to say this as well. Uh, Zach, I pretty much agree with everything you talk about. I just can't get on board about not trying for Watson. Look, I don't think either one of us are, are saying to completely rule out the possibility, Zach, of of seeing what it would, it would take. I mean, if you, can, if you can finagle it, all right, if you can do it, see what the cost is going to be. If you feel like you can live with it, hey, see what it would take. But where I get very nervous is giving up multiple ones, multiple twos, multiple threes, Bradley Chubb, Noah Fant. I mean, this is what it's going to take, guys. You want to give up half your freaking team and mortgage the future of your draft for the next two or three years for Deshaun Watson? Okay. Then what happens when Deshaun gets here and the supporting cast isn't there? They can't support him. The Broncos win six, ten, uh, go six and ten, win seven games, whatever. All right. And then they don't have the draft picks to restock the cupboards and make another run next year. You got to wait three years until you can really start building. I mean, yeah, you'll have salary cap dollars and free agency. That's part of it. And you can always hope to land someone on, you know, day three of the draft. That's going to be a Danny Trevathan, Malik Jackson type of fine. But, you know, that's if you're banking on that, dude, I'm just telling you, it's not going to end well for you. I mean, Jake Cutler is the closest thing approximating the Deshaun Watson situation, and it's not even really that close. I mean, yes, Cutler was in the entering the prime of his career, and he was coming off a Pro Bowl year. But Watson, Zach, I mean, he's already established himself, not just because, see, Cutler was a top-five quarterback that year, right? 2008, he was top-five that year. But we're talking about Watson being a top-five guy for 17, 18, 19, 20, you know, three of the four years he's been in the league. And not only you make great points, but you're also taking on his contract. And it's it's lucrative enough right now, but he's going to be due for a new contract relatively soon. Quarterbacks don't aren't lame ducks. They resign a year, two years in advance. So you're going to have to pay what's going to be market value then at that point in a couple of years, 45, 50 million bucks. And also one other point from a non-capital, non-money um, point of view you would be bringing in a guy who is forcing himself out of Houston right now, who has trashed the organization along the way, who wants out despite having success, relative success, the last few years. You want to bring that guy into Denver for what? What happens if, like you said, Chad, they don't have success right away. They have a middling season. They're eight wins or so. They're nine wins. He doesn't receive what he really wants, and that's what to win a title, to be relevant, to be among the Bradys and the Mahomeses. What do you do then if he causes another stink? It's like they say, don't get in bed with a cheater because they'll cheat on you. It's the same thing for Deshaun Watson. If he did that in Houston, who's to say he wouldn't do that in Denver? There's no guarantee. So you're selling the farm, and then you're living in a shack. For what? It's like one of my closest friends. All right, I I can't say names, uh, of course, but 
uh, let's just say dated uh, dated somebody who uh, was not on the up and up, wasn't available, okay, but still dated him, and then eventually left the guy she was with for him. They got married, and I remember telling him at the time, I'm like, dude, you know, if it happens to happen to him, don't think it can't happen to you. And sure enough, it took a little yep. time. Sure enough, exact same thing happened. Never. I'm sorry, that's that's just a little aside here. But Flute Guy Games, wow. Thank you for that very generous super chat, my friend. Really means a lot. He says, hey, guys, with the Bucks shutting down the Chiefs last night, have they set the blueprint on how to contain Pat Mahomes? Or do you think it was due to both the Chiefs' tackles being out? So that was definitely, Zach, fortuitous for, for the Denver Broncos with Eric Fisher and uh, Mitchell Schwartz missing that game. Um, but I don't think that was the whole story. Like, Chiefs fans are going to try and chalk it up to that for the sake of pride. That played a huge role. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't the only reason. The Bucks played a nearly perfect game in all phases. Um, and so there are some blueprints. I mean, we talked, we touched on a couple of them last night. But Trevor Judge, who had a very good analysis article on uh, on Monday, four lessons, the Bucks Super Bowl win over the Chiefs exposed for the Broncos to regain AFC West prominence. It's really good. And we'll eventually have to get Trevor here on the show and pick his brain on some of these issues. But, but yes, I mean, the tackles played a role. But, Zach, it wasn't the only blueprint. There, that, was a, that was chance, right? There were some actual tangible blueprints that the Bucks left for the Broncos if they're wise enough to see it. Oh, well, yeah. I don't want to take anything away from what the Buccaneers did. Todd Bowles' defensive game plan was masterful. It was one of the best in uh, Super Bowl history. There's a little argument that the 2020 Bucks defense is better than the 2015 Broncos defense. I don't subscribe to that. They had one really good game, but one good game in itself. The tackles played a monumental part, not just a big part, a medium part, a huge part. They allowed, what, like 28 pressures on 50 dropbacks. That is an insane number. That's You can't even do that in Madden. And they had Mike Remmers as their left tackle. And it's just like you're going from bad to worse to awful. That played a part. Mahomes wasn't on his game. I think he was feeling the effects of his injury. And the Buccaneers, though, the main reason they won that game was because of what they did. They pressed Tyreek Hill. They got after Mahomes. They hit Travis Kelsey. They kept everyone contained. But one storyline that people aren't talking about, Andy Reid was far from himself. It was like a ghost of Andy Reid from Philadelphia. And I think the incident with his his son, Britt Reed, that just devastated the team the week of the big game. And you combine that with Brady playing in his home stadium and the hype he's getting and all those things kind of mounted. But I think I would rank it bowls in the defense and their game plan, the tackles, and I really believe Andy Reed's head was not in it. And the, the Chiefs came out, Chad. It was so reminiscent of a Broncos game, so flat, so lifeless, no energy, no passion. The Bucks outclassed them from the opening whistle. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the long and the short of it. Well, let's touch real quick. Here, here are the lessons. All right. And these are blueprints that the Broncos can duplicate. All right. It won't be easy. It's not as, as, as easy as, you know, point and click like we're doing here on this podcast. But first and foremost, it's a harsh reminder that an elite pass rush is just as critical as ever. And Trevor goes on to cite a few of those stats you mentioned there. But as it relates to the Denver Broncos, here's one of them. Mahomes was pressured on 27 of his 56 dropbacks, 48%. Has sacked four times, tossed two picks. And, you know, um, the Denver Broncos, we touched on this last night, but 
Bradley Chubb, I do expect him to take a big step next year, being fully recovered from that knee, coming off a Pro Bowl. And if you get Vaughn back, you're halfway there. You still need to – you need some dogs inside that can push the pocket. You got one in Draymond, all right, that's just waiting to – you know, he's chomping at the bit. Like, he's this close to turning the corner and becoming one of the best interior uh, pass rushers in the game. But you need that one other piece inside to give you the complete four-man rush because – one of the things that they did quite well, all right, that most teams can't do against the Chiefs is they were able to rush four guys and get them home, right? Now, there's a obviously not having those tackles was a big reason why they could rush four, but they were able to drop seven dudes into coverage. And Mahomes, he said, look, they took away the deep and they took away the boundary. And then I, before I knew it, they were on me, right? And so there are some schematic things. It's not just personnel of, hey, get yourself some pass rushers. Schematically, there were some lessons to be learned here. But also he touches on real quick here, Zach, another lesson for the Broncos. A good O-line is equally important, all right? The Bucks' offensive line, you know, they just as a unit, they came together, played very well. Brady was sacked one time, and it was kind of a weird play. Like it wasn't really him. The, the play breaks down. He gets the – or the protection breaks down. He gets sacked. It was kind of a fluke type of play. He was only pressured five times. And then elite linebackers – can transform yep. entire defense. That's something we know full well, Zach, from Brandon Marshall and, and Danny Trevathan, who in 2015, they might not have been like, you know, the second coming of Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis in terms of staying power, right? Like in terms of sustaining that elite level of play for multiple, multiple years, <clears throat> but they were an elite duo that year. And it was enough to get the Broncos over the top. Yeah, and you look at that Bucks defense. Look at their edge rushers. Look at their linebackers. They have Levante David. They have Devin White. They have Shaq Barrett. I, I mean, what I was going to make a, a previous point is they have stars and talents that can win on each level of the defense. They have Ndamuk and Sue on the defensive line. I just mentioned the linebackers. They have a secondary that was replenished with uh, Bunting and Carlton Davis, and they have some players back there. They win on every level. But more importantly, and I harp on this a lot, and I can't be hypocritical now, Again, the job that Todd Bowles did in this game, the game plan that he came out with, the preparation and the studying and, and the, and the gamesmanship that he brought to this game to outclass, not just out scheme, outclass Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Patrick Mahomes, and blow out the Kansas City Chiefs in the biggest game of the year. I cannot give him more credit for that. He is arguably, Chad, the best defensive coordinator, I think, in the NFL right now. You know, the problem is, you know, as far as his head coaching prospects, people are going, why wasn't he in the conversation? Well, he already's had a swing at the plate as a head coach in New York for the Jets. <laughs> you know, he missed, but doesn't mean he couldn't have success again, right? Because oftentimes some of the most, um, man, this, these headphones are giving me some problems. Uh, some of the most successful coaches like Mike Shanahan, you know, it took his second swing at the plate, which were the Denver Broncos, to really master things and, and, and really have a full grasp on what it would take to succeed. He did it. They succeeded. Maybe that could happen for Todd Bowles. But let me just jump to this last point he brings up here. Think of all the times the Broncos have gone against the Chiefs since 2015. They beat themselves before the Chiefs can even get their boots on their throats, right? They they fumble it away long before the Chiefs can do it, you know, take it from them. And this is crucial. The Bucs play disciplined. They played within themselves. They executed, and Kansas City couldn't get out of their own way. To quote Trevor here, he says, here's the total penalty count for this Super Bowl. KC had 11 penalties for 120 total yards. Tampa Bay, four penalties for 39 yards. Uh, 
goes on to talk about how Brady's 20-year career in New England, the Patriots were one of those teams that just lied in wait, right? They would kind of play it close to the vest, just wait for the opponent to make a mistake, and then bada-bing, Brady would make you pay for it. Just like that play he talks about with the Chiefs where Brady gets picked off by the Honey Badger, gets called back for defensive holding. Hmm. What was it? One, two plays later, in the end zone, Gronk, touchdown. Tom makes you pay. The good teams make you pay. So if the Broncos want to be one of those good teams, A, you can't beat yourself. you got to play discipline, which is another reason why we've been so disappointed with Vic Fangio over these two years and the whole death by inches ethos, which has just not come out in the wash. At times it's been a slop fest, especially offensively. But also because, look, I mean, you got to find a way to get closer to to what the, the Chiefs are doing here. And I think this this – article of of Trevor, even though it's kind of surface in terms of like, he's not going super in depth, but these are all key points. Zach, that it's like a quote. I don't know if you've ever heard this. Why do my eyes hurt? It's because you've never used them. Well, hopefully the the Denver Broncos can, can open up their eyes and, and recognize, look, these are, these are tangible things we can do from a blueprint perspective to try and cookie cutter what the Bucks did to give us a better chance against these chiefs. I like that. It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. It's uh, knowledge isn't knowledge until it's applied. And it, the Broncos, it apply, that applies to them as well. And, you know, the more I think about it, the more I read these stats, it was like watching the Kansas City Broncos last night. I, I mentioned coming out with no fire, no intensity. The game plan was awful. But the the discipline or lack thereof, you saw it in the penalties, Chad. You mentioned that at the Honey Badger. Those are the types of plays where if you make against Brady, it's like getting the golden – the golden rapper and Willy Wonka. Those are so invaluable. You have to take advantage and not only to give him the ball back, but allow him to score a touchdown two plays later. Like Chad said, it's so demoralizing. I will say some of those calls were very ticky tack. I think the refs were a little more involved in the game. than They should have been, but the chiefs from the coaching down, it starts with that discipline starts with the coaching. And then when you have the lack of everything else unravels, it really was like watching a Broncos game and the, the Buccaneers were just on their P's and Q's. They played a masterful, I would say, flawless game yesterday. It's probably the very it's probably the most complete team performance I've ever seen from a Tom Brady team in the Super Bowl. Like it was just dominance. Every other Patriots win in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady was tooth and nail, scratch claw till the end. Like, I mean, even the the Falcons game where they overcame the twenty eight to three deficit, like by the time that was all said and done, it took overtime to get over the hump and win that Super Bowl. So let's grab Z-Dub. Appreciate you, Zachary. Zachary Smouse is officially in the house. He says, for Steven's birthday, plus I just don't like the Watson details. I think it's too much draft capital. Stick with Locke and build the defense. Yes, I feel you on that. It just comes down to cost for me, guys. Right on, Rod. Oh, well, you got to make it hard on us, don't you, dog? Ecuador. <laughs> Ecuador. Doug, why do you live in Ecuador? Tell us the story, Ron. How did you end up in Ecuador? Rod, did you get so did you get the details then? You sent us an email, mile high huddle at gmail. Geez, I hope we can I hope our store allows us to ship there. Now I'm worried. Maybe maybe I'll just have to do it myself or well, you can we'll figure Kenneth it out. Kenneth got his in South Korea, so why not Ecuador? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. All right, guys, uh real quick here, while before I forget, also gotta give it to uh Jim Hilton here one of the followers of the Huddle Up Pod Facebook page. Follower slash like, he did both, and that's what qualified him. When's a Huddle Up Podcast mug? If I didn't have to get up, I'd grab it and show you. Yeah, same. It's behind me. Um, You get the mug. So, Jim, you're a dedicated member of the the community on Facebook, I know especially. So 
reach out to us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Send us your uh, address, and we'll get your get your mug out to you. So congrats. Appreciate you supporting us and following the page, heeding our call to action. Appreciate it. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. To Jim and uh, congratulations, thank you. Um, real quick here, do you have Mike? Wow. Can you get Mike, my friend? After Simon, oh, we need Mike Evans next. Simon, jeez, man, that got me. That just stunned me. Judas Priest, thank you so much for that. Thank you, Simon. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for that uh, generosity, my friend. You, it was like a slobber knocker here. I'm, I'm stammering. So, jeez, thanks, my friend. He says, I took. Greatest of pleasure in watching the pain on Mahomes' face as they lost the Super Bowl. In your opinion, can the Broncos afford to sign Levante David and keep and keep Justin Simmons and Harris? Yes. And here's how they do it, Zach. You got to cut Darrell Casey and you got to cut AJ Bouye. Do those two things. All things are possible for this question here. And if you restructure Vaughn, you're freeing up even more money. You can cut Kareem Jackson and free up, what is it, $12 million, $11 million bucks in pure cap space. So, yes, it definitely can be done. The only question to me is if the Buccaneers allow David to get away. Yes. All right, we got uh, also one of the great superstars and pillars in our community here. Oh, sorry, real quick. My computer's telling me it's about to die. Let me plug in. <clears throat> Mike Evans. Everyone knows and loves Mike. Been on the show three times. Appreciate you, my friend. Also, it's good to talk to you today. He says, after watching the Bucks defense in the Super Bowl, how many new defensive starters do the Broncos need to stay competitive? Mm. Always the Love best it. questions. Like, it's, it. it's amazing. Uh, so how many new defensive starters? We're talking new. All right. You need two on – I'll say if you're just boiling it down, like need, need, one on, one at corner – one upgrade at linebacker, off ball. So get a Levante, someone like that that can replace probably Josie Jewell as a starter. Josie still comes in and he rotates in as a run fit linebacker. But a starting off ball backer with some dynamic sideline to sideline uh, tackling skill and coverage skill. I'd maybe even, uh, I was going to say Kareem, but I'm, I would, I'm a lot more inclined. Thank you, Muhammad. Good to see you, bro. We're seeing you Wednesday. It's going to be a gas. 
MHH male model, Muhammad Badri, on the show Wednesday night. Don't miss it. What's your answer for, for Mike? Well, are we assuming that the last year's lineup remains in place, or are we going literally with Harris being a free agent and Simmons being a free agent and assuming that they're resigning them? Is that how we posit the yes. question? Yes. Well, you need a cornerback because they need they – need, I'm going to assume A.J. Boye is gone. So you need a cornerback. I'm assuming they keep Kareem Jackson for another year, so they're going to resign Justin Simmons. I would say an inside linebacker, I would say – well, you got to have at least one defensive lineman because you're going to pay Shelly bigger to probably cut Jarrell Casey. So I would say three new starters at a minimum for the Broncos defense, or at least key contributors in 2021. Hey, um, so I don't forget one more. Congrats to Dave Glassman. Also took took our, our call to action to heart, followed and liked the Huddle Up podcast Facebook page. Wins a hat just like this, one of these hats, all yours, Dave. So shoot us an email with your personal details on your address. We'll get that out to you. Congrats. Thank you so much. And gang, if you weren't one of the names that we randomly selected out of the hat of the followers of the page, uh, let not your heart be troubled because we're going to be doing this a lot. We're, we're focusing on growing that page and turning it into a powerhouse on Facebook. So go if you haven't followed the page, go follow and like. I'll put the link in the chat here. And uh, help us continue to grow that page because we're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff on that page, including these giveaways moving forward. Thank you, Dave. James Boyd in the house. Thank you for that support, my friend. He says, it seems like everyone wants David all of a sudden. He's 31 years old um, next to an entire linebacker core that is extremely fast. Get Parsons. You, dude, Levante David didn't just suddenly turn good. Exactly. This dude's been crushing it since 2012. It's just the Bucks have been smart enough to not even let him sniff free agency. But because he's 31, yes, they're going to see, hey, what's the market for him? Let him test it. And I can promise you, Bucks are going to get first right of refusal in an informal sense, right? He'll go out and test the market, see what the offerings are, all right? And then he'll give the Bucks first chance to match anything before he leaves. Because, you know, he's, he's an original Buck drafted by the team, just won a Super Bowl. But there might be an offer out there, including from the Broncos, we don't know this yet, that blows away anything the Bucks might be willing to do. And if that's the case, at 31 years old, you're a multi-pro bowler, you've been an all-pro, you just won a world championship, go finish making as much money as you can on the back nine of your career in Denver. I still think, Zach, just based on the player we've seen, I mean, did you watch the Super Bowl? Dude's got at least three years left in the tank yeah. to be a good backer, a good coverage guy. That was my answer. It's He's been consistently good for about a decade now, and he's been just overshadowed uh, by the likes of Luke Keekley and Navarro Bowman, those, Ruben Foster, those types, and also because the Bucks have been so bad and buried in obscurity for so many years now. Now that they're a national known team and they're champions, he's going to get more shine. Uh, I would not mind him. 31 is not old for a linebacker. It's not like a running back or a receiver. You have longevity in that position. And if they can squeeze two or three years out of him, elite level years, uh, that's an investment well worth making. I think, you know, it's it's just kind of one of those case-by-case deals. And if the proof wasn't so palpably in the pudding with regard to Levante David, who just played lights out on the biggest stage in front of millions, tens of millions of eyeballs, I would – Take your your uh, misgivings with a little bit more seriousness. I've just followed Levante David since he entered the league in, t- in 2012. I've been pining for this dude long before the Bucks became a relevant team with Tom Brady. It's just Tampa's never let him even sniff free agency. So uh, Murphy Bros, good to see you, my friend. And by the way, 
uh, A, thank you for the super chat. B, it was great to connect with you on Twitter, my friend. So yep. uh, appreciate you. He says, what's up, gentlemen? Go Broncos. Appreciate that. Thank you, Murphy. All right. We are at 56 minutes. So whoops. Sorry, John. That was my bad. Uh, we got we to gotta move it a little bit here. Our friend Christian, a.k.a. Team Yelkit, appreciate the super chat. Who is your guys' biggest sleeper for the AFC-NFC next Ooh. season? I don't know if the Bills are a sleeper, but I think they're going to get pretty close to the uh, the AFC title game. Um, wait, wait, wait. What about Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence and, and – Not uh, Urban Meyer in the first year. Urban. That's going to take a couple years, I think. You know, I do too, uh, but it's Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the the – Andrew Luck Colts were went from what was it two and tw- two and fourteen to playoffs twenty twelve. Let me give you two really sleeper teams. I think Miami, if Tua takes that next step, they already have a great defense in place. I believe they have a great coaching staff in place. If Tua takes that next step, that could be a sleeper. And this is a real deep sleeper. Cincinnati. I was a little wrong on Joe Burrow. He was looking really good behind a an, a crappy offensive line. He comes back healthy from that injury. They upgraded the O line. Give him some weapons. Better defense. I think they can make a run. Tough division, though, but I don't know. Aside from the Broncos, Chad, the AFC is pretty much well thought out you know, for next season. Guys, I really do think the Broncos could be one of those sleepers, all right, if if some ducks fall in the row that you need them to fall in. We just don't want to get too far out over our skis yet because we were, seriously, the way this the stars were aligning for this team last year, I mean, we were both so high on this being the year. 2020 being the year. You got it, Jim. Appreciate you, bro. Make sure you shoot me the email. Um, we were sure. And so, you know, it just turned out that uh, didn't – too many mitigating factors. Drew didn't take the steps forward. Whatever you want to charge it to, right? Charge it to the game, whatever. I think the Broncos could be viewed as a sleeper, but let's see what they do in free agency and let's see what they do in the draft. What about NFC? I, I think um, the Cardinals are up there. And I think a deep sleeper would be the, the Panthers. I really like what Matt Rule and Brady are doing there. They're going to get a better quarterback. They have the eighth overall draft pick in the NFC. I wouldn't say the Cowboys. They're never a sleeper, but I think the Panthers can make some noise next season. Well, I appreciate the super, my friend. He says, Eric, the enemy was calling plays too. I'm not sure exactly. I wasn't paying close enough attention to confirm, but. I think it was knocking Andy Reid for the game plan, and it's, mm-hmm. the enemy gets the blame too. But that's Andy's baby, and his head was not, and the, the entire team was not in the game yesterday. It sure didn't feel like it, you know. Just some, I guess they tempted the 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 football gods, the 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 wrath of the football gods by having the sun. You know, it's like nepotism doesn't have to be a bad thing. Nepotism can be a good thing. Like in some cases, and I can speak to this like when I was a kid, you know, my dad coached my teams and stuff. Like I didn't get favor because dad was the coach. I got my ass chewed more. I was grinded on more because my dad was the coach. He expected more of me. And uh, I had to I had to fight harder than any of my teammates did to get the seat at the table that they got. I had to fight harder because, you know, that was that's really the way nepotism should work out, where unfortunately in, in Kansas City, it doesn't seem like that's really the way it worked out. Andy Reid, his son on the gravy train, so to speak, takes everything for granted, gets drunk, goes out, runs into someone, two people in the hospital, a little, a little girl, you know, a little kid. So just unfortunate. And, and not his first time. time. You know, right? he has a record for drunk driving as well. So why even employ him? Why not call him an Uber? Why let him drive? And the fact that Kansas City hasn't stepped up yet and paid those medical bills very questionable to me. That should have been done from the first second. I understand at least probably the 
liability because you know they they don't want to jump out and make and all of a sudden open themselves up as a team to a lawsuit like unnecessarily because that's admitting culpability. I think they're going to get um, sued either way though. Just you e- even in a money gra- money grab, you know. Zyka, appreciate you, bro. Good to see you in the stream. He says Watson signed his contract already, knowing a lot of the Texans' situation, and people say he just wants to win. He wants to have his cake and eat it too. Yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, it does bother me a little bit that he accepted that massive extension. I mean, it wasn't quite – appreciate you too, Zyka. Appreciate you. Uh, you too. He's giving props to the Buona Beast, the uh, teddy bear who will <laughs> rip your face off. Um, we need a better nickname for him. I just lost my train of thought. What was that? What was Zyka even talking about? I just missed it, dude. Talking I just about dropped John. It. All right, Watson. thank you. That's what it was. It did bother me, all right, that he goes from signing that mega deal and getting all that guaranteed money, all right, to um, suddenly I want out. But whatever, dude, you know, you reap what you sow. I don't think the Texans are going to trade him, dude. I mean, have you heard their – it could be just them trying to to drive up the price. But, dude, they had a report from Adam Schefter over the Super Bowl weekend that said, look, we're not trading him. Go away. They haven't accepted any calls from the teams that have checked in. They're not willing to talk business. So it could be a long game ploy, but I tend to think that Nick Casario took that job because he knew he had the quarterback situation solved. You know, he doesn't want to give him up. And he doesn't have to because Watson's under contract. So that's that's the Texans leverage right there. And Manny Wise has a good little comment in the in the comment section. He has 40 million reasons to play. Deshaun Watson's making 39 and change. He's not going to give that up by sitting out the season. It's all negotiation right now. It's all playing hardball, but when it boils down to it, the Texans don't have to trade him. That's the that's the fact that people are forgetting here. Yep, and he's already been paid a signing bonus. So if he does sit out, he's paying money back, dude. He's having to give money back to the team. So, like, he reaches very quickly a point of diminishing returns in a very literal sense. All right, we got to speed this up. Start with Dave from Georgia. Love you, bro. Appreciate you. Longtime superstar. He's just throwing up love and hashtags in Broncos country and hashtag state of being. Appreciate you, my friend. You're one of our great listeners who exemplifies the the state of being hashtag. So love you, buddy. Good to see you. Uh, John, let me just tell you where I what I see here real quick. Do you have Rocco? Uh, there he is. Rocco420. Now, Zach, John, this is a guy I don't recognize in our on Super Chat. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you. Stick around. He says, now we all have seen what it takes to take down Mahomes. It should make it clear what we need to do as a priority. Draft Farley at nine for starters. I'm with you on that, dude. Build the build the defense. What does Nick Kendall like to say? Build the nest. That's mm-hmm. not around lock this year, but around the defense this year. You have to build up inside linebacker. Take care of your safety and Simmons. Take care of Shelby Harris. Go draft a cornerback or two, and then you know have that elite defense Oops. in place, and you can win with that. Let me just grab Boise man. Then you throw that one back up, John. Uh, Boise man, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you. Even a 31-year-old David, Levante David, is an upgrade over oh, our man. linebackers right now. I think he is in terms of coverage for sure. And he's just an explosive, twitched-up athlete. And, Zach, you can't you, – you put into that equation also, you add to that equation his iron sharpens iron experience in the league. I mean, playing – how many games has this cat started since he was a – I can't remember if he was a first-rounder. He's at least a second-round pick. I can pull it up. But this just played a lot of ball. He's a very experienced guy, and you get that as well. When you you, you pay to, a, to, to to acquire this cat, you get that experience along with his talent. 
He's the total package, and you don't have to have worries about mostly injuries or off-field arrest or anything like that. He's a true three-down linebacker, inside linebacker that the Broncos haven't had since Trevathan. It's been a while. All right, Corey Hills, another new name on Super Chat. Welcome, and thank you, Corey. Really appreciate you. He says, what's your favorite Peyton Manning moment? Uh, For me, it's easily – it's easily the – come. it's actually both of them are charger related. One is the Monday night football comeback in his first year in Denver. All right. Historic two was after what was it? Seven games he missed in 2015. <clears throat> Brock Osweiler goes out and turns the ball over five times, or I should say the Broncos turn it over five times, four picks on Osweiler. And you got the number one seed at stake in the Broncos. You know, Gary Kubiak makes the fateful decision to roll Peyton out there and he does. And the sheriff comes out onto the field. The Chargers have been eating Denver's lunch at that point. And he orchestrates a drive that was, man, this thing is driving me nuts, that was just pure brain. It wasn't the dude like doing Peyton Manning, um, you know, just Star Wars numbers. It was getting to the line of scrimmage and doing the type of things with that football brain that Brock Osweiler just couldn't do. Pointing out coverage, audibling at the line of scrimmage, shifting the protections. C.J. Anderson picking up massive yardage all the way down. You get the touchdown. Suddenly, massive momentum shift. And the Broncos went on to win that game. So I know the Super Bowl was great, and there's the the, the you know when he when he tossed his 509th touchdown to Demarius, it was a sweet moment. Um, you know, and some of the records from 2013, those were all great, but those are the two that stuck out to me. One for me is the obvious one, seeing him inducted into the Hall of Fame. I mean, I know it wasn't a playing highlight, but it's a long time coming for Peyton. And it's very surreal, Chad, from, you know, at least from my perspective, watching him literally my entire life, my formative years, my adult years, covering him, you know, in the NFL and watching him play to seeing him in the hall where he belongs to be for so many years has been great. Also with the Broncos, that Dallas 51-49 game where he had that the, the slowest boot out for a touchdown, yeah. the slowest rushing touchdown of all time, and a non-Broncos highlight when he was with the Colts, that Tampa Bay comeback against with Tony Dungy. Mm-hmm. With Tony Dungy, not against Tony Dungy. Great. I mean, that's Peyton at his finest right there. There's so many memories with him, but those are the two or three that stand out to me. Tyler, appreciate the super chat. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter. That goes for everybody but especially our superstars reach out, connect with us on Twitter. Cause we like to be able to not only keep the conversation going outside of these, these shows, but uh, shout you out after Tyler says the most satisfying thing about the game was the deuces thrown in, in Tyreek Hill's face after his season antics. So he's talking about Antoine Winfield jr. You know, throwing the deuces right back in Tyreek's face, which is what Tyreek threw at him when the chiefs uh, ran rough shot over the bucks early in the season. I think it was kind of satisfying, though. Not that I ever want to side with Brady, but when he was chasing down the honey badger and like screaming at him, the honey badger, he's one of those guys, Tyron Matthew, where you love him if he's on your team, but you despise him if he's not. And he's just so annoying to watch and to listen to. And to see Brady give him the 43 year old Brady running up and getting in his face, that was pretty great. Drew H., another bona fide superstar. Drew, we need to get you on the show, Doug. We've never had you on the show. Let's do if it. That's something you'd, you'd be interested in. I mean, you're an MHH Mount Rushmore guy. If you'd like to come on the show, which we would be thrilled to have you, shoot me an email, milehighhuddle at Gmail, or DM me on Twitter. We follow each other. Uh, and let's organize it. Let's set it up because you're a foundational guy. We've never had you on the show. So hit us up. He says, we've needed a cover linebacker for years. If David's available, I'd go all in. 
I like AJ talking about uh, AJ Johnson and I've always liked Jewel, but AJ is a liability in coverage. Jewel's is better in that regard, but that's not saying much. Yeah. I mean, they're good run fit guys. They're good two downers. They're not going to be more than that. Either one of them. I had some hopes for both, but last year proved even though they were reliable and consistent, played all 16 games, fit the run. And I think, did better than you would expect in coverage, but still nowhere near what it could be with the right guy like a Levante David patrolling the middle of the field. The great thing about David is it's not just either or. It's it's not one or the other. He's good in pass coverage, and he's a rock against the run as well. So you're really getting a safe, dependable, star veteran linebacker, which the Broncos sorely need. Mark Aguirre, appreciate the support, my friend. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter. Good to have you, and welcome on Super Chat. He says, is Jayon Brown better to go after than David. He was an all pro and could be cheaper coming off an injury. He's also six years younger. Uh, I'm not sure who he's talking about. Doesn't dude. he play for the Titans? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let me look, I at, remember, let me look at him real quick. Let me get a quick cursory. He was pretty explosive. I watched some highlights of Titans games uh, a couple weeks ago. He was always being referenced by Mike Vrabel, but I don't know much about him. He's 25. He's not ever been an all-pro. I mean, he's a fifth-round pick out of UCLA in 2017, and he's got solid, mostly pedestrian statistics. But is he, let's see, 17, 18, 19, 20? Yeah, he'll be a free agent. So I don't know. That's a good question, my friend. Let me circle back on that. Let me do some film. Let me look at Jayon Brown a little bit on the film and see what see what jumps out. Good question. Yeah, I mean, there's not much after Levante David on the inside linebacker market. If he's retained by the Bucks or if he's too expensive, I might not mind a flyer like a Jayon Brown. John's going to pull up Chris's super sticker so we can get the full emoji effect if possible. Chris P, love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, I think we, outside of Chris P, I think we have – caught up to all of our great superstars here tonight. Let me just do a quick circle back. Yeah, John, that's it. That's it. So Chris P, thank you so much for your support, my friend. It's a foam finger pointing number one. Thank you, Chris. Chris, appreciate you, dog. All right, guys, we got to dip on out of here. Happy birthday to Steve. Hopefully he's enjoying that wine, the big two (laughs) one. All right. Um, Thank you to each one of you for spending some time with us here tonight. A mile high salute to our super chat superstars and our Facebook supporters. Seriously, you know, we owe it. You you guys just mean so much to us. All right. Um, Real quick, I got to remind you go to Facebook, follow the Huddle Up podcast page. That's the actual link. But most of us, if you use Facebook, you use the app. So just open up the app, start typing Huddle Up Pod, and boom, you're there. Tap on it, follow, like. You're in like Flynn. Lots of content that we're going to be putting there only. And then also it's going to enter you into the giveaways and the drawings and some of the polls and stuff we're going to be doing. But we want to keep the conversation going, guys, outside of these one-hour live streams that that Zach and I do with you four nights a week. And one of the ways to do that is by following us on Twitter. At HuddleUpPod is the main pod account. At MileHighHuddle is the main news and analysis account. And then my partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. And while you're at it, make sure you also follow John KMHH. He will follow you back, and he is a great Twitter follow. Trust on that. Um, hey, you want to get a hat? You want to get a tee? HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. 
And guys, we would be so grateful if you would please like this video. If you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, please like this video before you dip on out of here. It is helps us just more than you can you can possibly realize. And then last thing, episode five of Calverman's Corner is dropping Sunday at noon. You want in on that. All right, go to Facebook, our, our main page, Huddle, uh, Mile High Huddle, and click the big blue button. You're in like Flynn. So, Zach, we're off for, for tomorrow night. We'll get to kick back and just, you know, cover some articles, do our thing, and uh, we'll circle back Wednesday in which we'll have Muhammad on the show yes. Wednesday night. So sign us off, bro. Uh, everyone have a great week. Start to your week. We'll, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. It should be great talking to Muhammad Chad and, and, and Drew again, if you uh, want to come on the show, we love to have you. Thank you all for your support tonight, your generosity, Chad and I, and John, we literally get off camera and talk about you guys, how amazed we are by your generosity, by your support. So thank you for that. Wednesday might have some more news on quarterbacks or coaching, what have you. We'll cover it then. See you guys at 6 PM mountain time. Have a good start to your week. Take care. And as always go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.